Thank you for tuning in to the World Overcomers podcast. On behalf of our senior pastor, Andy Thompson, we appreciate your continued support and generosity. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast to receive updates when we post new content every week. If you would like more information or want to make a contribution to World Overcomers or Pastor Andy, visit www.worldovercomers.church slash podcast. Once again, that is www.worldovercomers.church slash podcast. Enjoy the message. We all said together, amen. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. That's impossible. That's impossible. If I can draw your attention to verse number 27, where it says, Jesus looked at them and said, hey, guess what? With man, this is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God. In essence, what Jesus says is things that are impossible with man are possible with God. Things that are impossible with man are possible with God. It's a part of what the whole worship service even turned into with Pastor Tyrus exhorting, whether you were in the room or watching, that God did that. For me to be able to have a testimony and say, well, I reached the end of myself, and when I got to the end of me, that's when God stepped in. And what would have been impossible without God became possible with him, stuff that is impossible for man becomes absolutely possible for God. That was a mouthful in their time. For Jesus to say to them, guess what? Stuff that is impossible for y'all becomes possible when God's involved in it. It's a lot to say. It's a big statement. It was a statement that caused a stir and caused quite a bit of consideration and even made Peter speak up because in a sense this wasn't necessarily everybody's uh, interaction with God this is a much more religious time of laws and doing right and and it wasn't necessarily a time in which people were living in the expectation of the miracle power of God. It was a time of the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the teachers of the law and folk doing right based on rules and people being strict in terms of religion. It wasn't necessarily a time in which folk were expecting miracles. John the Baptist comes and preaches a message and a gospel of repentance, and everybody gets baptized, so it's a repentance movement, but an expectation that what is impossible with man will be possible with God, not necessarily a common thing in this moment. Easy for us now, post the ministry of Jesus, after the miracle power of Jesus, walking on water and healing the blind and the sick and the lame and all of that, we almost come to God with this expectation. But for Jesus to say that at that time caused quite a stir. Kind of changed the trajectory of what the ministry was even about. When Jesus asked, who do men say that I am? They're like, some say Jeremiah, Elijah, one of the prophets. Something we've seen before. 
Jesus says, well, who, what about you? Who do you say that I am? Peter says, you're the Christ. You're the Messiah. You're the one with power from on high. You're something we've never seen before. Jesus says, flesh and blood doesn't reveal that to you. You didn't get that from Sunday school. You didn't get that from your teaching as an Israelite. You didn't get that as your teaching. No, no, no. What you just said is not common knowledge. For Jesus to say, now that's God talking, is a sign to you, beloved, that the idea that he was the powerhouse, not the common thought. Are you with me this morning? Are you here with me? Are you here with me around the world? You understand what I'm saying? What I'm saying is when Jesus said stuff that is impossible with man is possible with God in their time, he said a mouthful. When I read this morning and say that stuff that is impossible with man is possible with God, it is equally a mouthful considering how many things are possible with man. In their time, the stuff that was possible with man was way less than the stuff that's possible with man today. In their time, if you were going on a trip, it took years. When I was a kid, there was a show that was on with the Westerns, wagon training or whatever, and folk were trying to go to California. It took forever to get somewhere. It was the whole show because the stuff that was possible with man at the time wasn't anywhere close to the stuff that's possible with man today. We have so much technology. We have so much stuff that's happening today that's totally impossible to them at that time. Hey Siri. Because I'm in church, he want to be quiet. Hey Siri. Who was the fifth president of the United States? James Monroe was an American statesman, lawyer, diplomat, and founding father who served as the fifth president of the United States from 1817 to 1825. Would you like to hear more? No. I don't know if you like that, that voice, my, my Siri voice. I, 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 you know, I'm sorry, I like black people so much. I wanted my Siri to be, but I searched to try to find the blackest voice. Hey, hey Siri. Hey, Siri. Send a text. Uh, hey, Siri. Send a text to John Davis. What do you want to say? Hey, John, I hope you're listening to me preach. Your message to John Davis says, Hey, John, I hope you're listening to me preach. Send it. Send it. Done. Done. I was trying to find the black. Although, if he was rich, there's a part of me that really, what I really want him to say is when I say, hey, Siri, I want him to be like, what? Dude, 
I was just laying down. Okay, anyway. What I'm saying is, is that alone is going to cause us to reevaluate what our education system is about. Because at this point, there really is no reason for you to memorize who the presidents were, except just to expand your mind. Because you can ask your phone a question, because stuff that was impossible with man is absolutely possible with God. We went from TV with antennas to cable. Anybody remember when cable first was coming out? I just want to see the old folk that when cable was first coming out, and remember they had the scramble channels? I need some dudes to wave at me. They had the scramble channel, and you'd be messing with the contrast and the thing, and banging it, trying to get the snap in them. All right, all right. What I'm saying is that we went from that to cable to TV through the air. The stuff that was impossible with man is possible with man. We drive it in cars and flying and went to the moon and satellites. The, for God to say the stuff that is impossible for man is possible with God is an even bigger mouthful today because we have expanded through technology to stuff that is possible with God and possible with man. So now since the man stuff is bigger, it makes the God stuff even bigger. And when I look at Mark chapter 10 and verse 17, I see all of the stuff that the impossible power of God still makes happen for us. In Mark 10, 17, and I'm just going to exegete it real quick, Bishop. But in Mark chapter 10, 17, it says, as Jesus started on his way. Just want to stop and mention that God is moving. Tell somebody God is moving. God is not a sitting still God. God is not a still in the exact same place God. God is a moving God. God has an intentionality. God has a purpose for you. God has a purpose for the planet. God has a purpose for America. God has a purpose for the world. God has a purpose for Africa. God has a purpose for Ghana. God has a purpose for Nigeria. God has a purpose for, for Afghanistan. God has a purpose. God has an intentionality. God has a mind. God has a way. God has a where he's going God is moving and one of the things that's important for us to keep in mind is that God don't sit still Jesus is on his way somewhere as Jesus is on his way somewhere a man ran up to him this is a rich young ruler that they call him so a rich young ruler runs up to Jesus and falls on his knees before him. Sorry, but in my mind, that's impossible. Chasing God has almost become impossible. We're so used to now us bringing God to you that Netflix has changed the world so much that we're used to God being brought to us, let alone us chasing after him. So many of us came to God when all hell had break, broke loose and he was our last resort, let alone running after God, chasing after God. 
chasing God, that's impossible. But because of Jesus, what was impossible became possible because of the power of Christ, the wisdom and the anointing of the Holy Ghost and the Spirit of God on Christ, a rich young man ran after Jesus. Running after God is something that maybe old folk do, but a rich young somebody ran after Jesus, fell down and worshiped. We had us a shouting service in here. I've been preaching for 40 years. I've been in the ministry full time for most of my life. I've been preaching. I've been a part of three mega churches. This is the third one. First one was my daddy's, and the second one was when I worked in Oklahoma for Bishop Pearson. And then I came here and started my own church, and I have this mega church, praise God, whatever that means. I've been a part of three of them. I've been a part of them. Can I tell you the truth? Rich folk don't run. Rich folk don't run. Oh, whoever ran in this service, I'd be willing to bet you. Whoever ran in here and whoever shouted in here was not the richest one. I'd just be glad if the rich ones wave. I wish I had. I'd just be glad if they come, they sit in the back, and they wave at me. They nod at me. I'm here, Pastor Andy. But running and hollering and screaming and rolling on the floor and shouting in the aisles, that's what broke people do. Nobody want to say amen on that one, but that's the truth. And so for a rich somebody to run, that's impossible. God made that possible. For him to fall on his knees, that's impossible, but God made that possible. Had a pretty awesome worship service today, and I trust you praised, and I trust you hollered, and I trust you blessed the Lord because all of a sudden, worshiping God has become something that's barely possible with man. Post-COVID, Bishop, we don't just, we so used to be entertained by service. We so used to just sitting at our kitchen counter that we have almost forgot how to say hallelujah. We have almost forgot how to think about the goodness of Jesus. We have almost forgot to say if it had not been for the Lord on my side. We grew up with our mamas telling testimonies and we sit in a service and wait for somebody to move us, worshiping, let alone falling on your old achy knees. Some of us grew up in churches where they had kneelers because being on your knees and having a prayer life, it's all right. I'm just going to just keep on talking because I know I've got a word this morning. And, but, but having a prayer life where you have humbled yourself and got down on your knees in the morning, where you had a grandmama or great-grandmama that got up and said, woke up this morning with my mind, stayed on you, and didn't do nothing before she got on her knees and talked to her God. Finding a believer on their knees, impossible. That's impossible. But with God, God makes it possible. As a result of Christ, this rich young ruler runs falls on his knees and worships the Lord. All of this impossible stuff becomes possible with Christ. He says to him, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? For me, I'm sorry, but that's impossible. 
Because the days of seeking God's face for answers, those are rare days. We think we have all the answers. We trust our technology. We can just ask Siri. We're going to go get a master's degree. We're going to go to school. We're going to study. And do we really ask God for answers? Asking God for answers, coming to God with a good question, that's impossible. Today, we just do what we think. We do what seems right in our own eyes. We do what is popular in our generational thought. We are so swayed by our generation's perspective that we create bandwagon wisdom that has yet to be proven. Oh, I'm preaching in here this morning. We have decided that we are going to swallow whole hog concepts that have yet to be proven as to whether or not they work. Because our group thinks this way, we have decided it must be right. Sorry, just because everybody doing it don't mean it's smart. Just because everybody thinks it don't mean it's the way to think. And to come to God and say, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? That's impossible. But with Christ, it becomes possible. Good teacher, how do I get a life that lasts? How do I get eternal life? Not just a life that blings, not just a life that looks good, not just a life that impresses, not just a life that's good for a period of time. No, no, no. How do I get a life that will stay? How do I get a joy that the world can't take? How do I have a relationship that's not here today and gone tomorrow? How can I make it so that this is sustained? We are almost so interested in the pleasures of now that we don't even think about the possible pain of tomorrow. We have become such a right now generation and such a right now moment that we're not even really asking God what eternal life. As a matter of fact, we don't even hardly want God because the requirement for eternal life is something that we're really not interested in. We don't really go to church. We don't really ask God. We don't really read our Bible. We don't really pray because if we ask God what, what is the way to eternal life, God may tell us something that might mess with our right now party. It might mess with our right now good time. And I don't want to mess with my right good. And I'd rather trade long-term peace and joy and blessing for right now party. We have become a generation that is all microwave. And we all shop hungry and we all buy Hot Pockets. Very few of us got a pot roast cooking. We, all, we eat out. We don't cook. We don't plant. We don't reap. We don't cook. We want everything quick. We want everything fast. We shop hungry and we buy frozen pizzas and Hot Pockets. We live a microwave existence. And the sad thing is 
microwave food in anything near as good as something that takes some time to cook. And most of us in this room and watching around the world, what's going on with you? You can't microwave that thing. You can't. You're not going to be able to get a microwave blessing. You're not going to be able to do this thing quick. There's some stuff that if you don't take some time and don't have some patience and don't get some kind of prayer life and don't get some kind of depth, if you don't get rid of your microwave, you'll never have eternal life. This rich young ruler says, how do I get a pot roast? I'm done with frozen pizza. It's impossible. It's impossible. Jesus says to him, keep the commandments. Jesus says to him, obey the word. We almost scared the priest this, Bishop. Obey the word. Keep the commandments. My God, when do we preach the commandments? When do we require anybody obey what the Bible says? It's almost not even popular to do it. What we really want to do is just tell everybody how blessed they're going to be and tell everybody how rich they're going to be and tell everybody how awesome God is and tell everybody about the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God, how it chases me down, fights when I'm down, leaves the 99. I couldn't earn it. That's what we, we don't want nobody to tell us that there is a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. We don't want anybody to tell us, well, that's right, his grace is sufficient, but don't test God. We don't really want that, Bishop. We don't want that. We don't want nobody to say, keep the commandments. That's impossible, Tyrus. That's impossible. Obey the word. You mean that there's a standard? You mean that there's a black and a white and a right and a wrong and everything's not just gray? We don't want to hear that. That's not who we want to listen to. That's not who we want to, that's not who we want preaching to us. We want people who tell us that God's going to do it all and fix it all and don't really care. And even though that's true, his grace is sufficient, still, 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 there's consequences to doing stuff that ain't good. I, my hand is up because I'm living with consequences. I need a witness in the building. I said, my hand is up. I'm waving because I'm dealing with the consequences. I'm trying to make the best of the consequence. You know why I come to church? I come to church and praise God because I'm like, Lord, you got to help me with these consequences. You got to make the crooked straight. You got to make the rough places plain. You got to show me the glory of the Lord revealed because all things work together because I messed up and I'm imperfect and I'm not right and I did the wrong thing and I didn't do this rich young ruler says all these I've kept since I was a boy that's impossible almost all of us who were raised in church didn't keep nothing since we was children you might be back Oh, I wish I had a witness in the bill. Don't make me call you out. You might be back to God, but you left. Not a hardly none of you in here who was raised in church and Sunday school didn't back it up on somebody at some point. We all tipped out. We all brought our angel to a party. Don't make me call. We all sinned. And fall short of the glory of God. Every
everyone, even those of us raised in church, are church heathens. Some of us raised in church are worse. Okay, I'll just move on. Sometimes somebody that wasn't raised in church gets really excited about God and really passionate about God and really gets their lives together. But those of us who have been to through two and three offerings and seen two and three bishops, we worse than the heathens are. I, I'm not talking about you. I'm just talking about me. What I'm saying is, is all things I've kept since I was a boy, that's impossible. Jesus looked at him. The Bible says Jesus looked at him and loved him. Now, we know that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. We know that Jesus loved us because he died for our sins. Christ demonstrated his own love for us in this. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So we know about the love of God. There must have been something unique that, that Jesus did to show them, man, I love this guy. There's something that the writers, Mark, whoever, something that they meant, they, they saw that, man, that's, that Jesus must have did something to be like, man, I love a guy like this. Love this guy. Jesus looked at him and loved him and said, you're only missing one thing. One thing you lack. Now, I don't know about you. But if Jesus said one thing you lack to me, that is a message that is both positive and scary. You tell me I'm one thing away from my blessing. I'm one thing away from my breakthrough. If I told you, you were one shout away, you were one praise away, you were one offering away, you were one clap away, you were one run away, you were one step away for Jesus to say, you're only lacking one thing. It's encouraging and concerning. Because if I'm only one thing away, how long have I been this one thing away? And what if the one thing is the deal breaker for me? What if the one thing is the one thing I hope God don't ask me to do? What if the one thing is the hardest thing? Like forgiving somebody. I just need a few witnesses in the room. Forgiveness is not an easy thing to do. I don't know if there's any of you that got somebody right now that you praying you don't run into them. Like, Lord, just don't let me run into them. I mean, I, Lord, I forgive them, but don't let me see them. Don't let them, don't let me run into them because they got a butt whooping coming. All right, anyway, my point is, is how long have you been one thing away? One thing you lack he says, and Jesus says to him, you know what your one thing is? Your money got you. One thing, your money. What I want you to do is go sell everything you have, give it to the poor, then come follow me. I want you to acknowledge, I want to mis clarify that sell everything you have in this does not mean everything. This is a historical, rabbinical, Jewish tradition. There is a percentage of your wealth that you dedicate to the poor. It's normally a fifth. It's not everything. Jesus wouldn't tell someone rich to go be poor. 
That don't make no sense. Now we just got another poor somebody. Jesus says to him, go take the percentage of what you have that belongs to God and do with your percentage what you're supposed to do with your percentage. In essence, what Jesus says to him is, do the percentage giving with God. There is a percentage giving with God that is required. One inherit, you want eternal life, you keep the commandments, you've worshipped, and a guy who chased after God, a guy who pressed his way, a guy who fell on his knees, a guy that worshipped, a guy that asked a good question, all of the things that were impossible became possible with God except this. He went away sad because he had great wealth. And the disciples commented on it. Said, wow, that's tough. Jesus said, yeah, it's hard for the rich to get into the kingdom. It's hard. It's not an easy thing. It's hard. It's tough. It's tough to get money and for money to not get you. It's very hard, very tough. Sad thing about the situation is that Peter says, hey, guess what, Lord? We left everything to follow you. And Jesus says, well, I'm going to tell you the truth. No one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields or for, or for me and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age. In essence, this was a test. If this message has blessed or encouraged you, feel free to visit www.worldovercomers.church slash podcast and learn more about WOCC or donate to the ministry. This enables us to continue to impact the kingdom in the best way possible. Even if you wanted to argue that everything was everything, it was a test. Because Jesus said to his disciples, yeah, I was just testing him. I was trying to see if he had money or if money had him. If he had gone and done what I said, he'd have got a hundred times in this age. Fields and brothers and sisters and oh my Lord, y'all don't have no idea what kind of blessing I would have done. Y'all have no idea what I would have done if he could have simply given but all of this stuff that was impossible became possible except that. Everything was possible except the percentage giving. Bible says he went away sad because he had great wealth. So Jesus poses a question to all of us. And I love how quiet and done got in here. Oh, hallelujah. And literally around the world. Ain't nobody commenting now. 
I love it because it's a hard word. It makes us reevaluate actually how sincere our holler is and how sincere our run is and how sincere our praise is and how sincere our church is and how sincere our oh God I love you how sincere it it makes us question it when we talk about what is possible with God I'm standing here senior pastor founder world overcomers bishop glad you're here and whoever else is watching glad you're here i want you to know that when i ask god to move in the impossible way i'm not asking god to bring you i'm not asking god to make you run i'm not asking god to make you shout i'm not asking god to make you ask questions i'm not asking god to make you seek his face at this point in my mind that's not the thing that's impossible what is impossible is the giving what's impossible is the giving what's impossible what i ask god to do is to touch you and help you to realize that your tithe belongs to God and for you to make a commitment not just to receive all of this stuff we do but for you to decide you know what if it had not been for the Lord on my side where will I be and what shall I render unto God for all of his benefits towards me and I will take up the cup of salvation I'll call on the name of the Lord I'll fulfill my vows to God in the presence of his people well, I'm preaching this morning elder that's what I pray for that's what I got elder Paul praying for that's what I got all the prayer leaders prayer all the prayer warriors and all the intercessors of this church aren't just praying for you to be saved healed and delivered they are praying that you will understand that unless you get your money right with God there is an eternal life you will never really access and it's not even about God not liking you. It's not even about God being mad. It's not about the law. It's simply about the way money works. I was reading an article that was talking about Blockbuster Video and Netflix. We've talked about this quite a bit, but I'm sure there are many of you who remember Blockbuster. You had your little card. It was laminated. I loved Blockbuster. I really did. I loved walking through and just looking at all the videos and smelling the popcorn and the dirty carpet. I loved it. It was awesome. It was great. Did you know that when Netflix came out, you probably remember because some of y'all are old like me, when Netflix first came out, there was a couple of things streaming, but what Netflix really was doing was mailing DVDs to your house. Come on, wait, no, that's, that, that's how it started. There was a couple of streaming stuff, but the streaming technology hadn't gotten there yet. They were streaming a few things, but mostly you ordered your DVDs and they shipped them to you. And then you put them in the mail and shipped them back. The CEO of Blockbuster saw where the market was going, sat down with his board and said, listen, Blockbuster board, 
This Netflix thing is showing that there's a convenience factor that we're going to miss out on. Not only is there a streaming, but also this mail-in and it mail-in back and ah, we got to get in on this thing. And the board said no because 12% of their income came from late fees. 12% of their revenue was late fees. And they lost the company for 12%. They let 12% stop them. That's two more percent than God asks for. God asks for 10%. And we are letting 10% stop us from the field and the homes and the, and the mothers and the fathers and the hundred times as much in this present age and also in the one to come. We are stopped by 10%. I would like everybody to take out their phone. Take your phone out, please. Hold it up. I'm almost done. I got six minutes, Dougie Fresh. You're on. Uh, uh, on. I'm almost done. Take out your phone. Hold your phone up, please. Come on. Be obedient. Hold up your phone. Thank you. All right. Go to your calculator in your phone. There it is. There's your calculator. When you get your calculator, hold it up. Everybody at home, I know you're watching on the phone. It's okay. Pull out, pull out your calculator. Can you hold your phone up, please, on your calculator? I want to make sure we're all in agreement. We're all doing this. Okay. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Okay. The median household income in the Raleigh-Durham area. I don't know what it is where you are, but I'm talking about Raleigh-Durham. Medium household income in the RDU area, somewhere around $73,000. Okay. Let's just call it seventy. dollars Okay, what's the tithe of 70? $7,000. I want to put everybody to put $7,000 in your, in your, this is the median, this is the, the median household income in RDU is 70,000. The tithe is seven. Please hold your phone up with that 7,000 in there. Thank you very much. That is probably the tithe of your house. If you're doing better, then that's not even the tithe. If combined, y'all are doing 80. If combined, you're doing 90. If you're doing, if you're doing 60, all right, then it's 6,000. But the, the, the stats say that the median is 73. So that means that 70,000 will round it. That means that the tithe is $7,000. Now, I want you to divide that by 52. Divide 52. What do you get? $134 a week. $134 a week. In the room, talk to me because I can't hear the world. In the room. Say, that's right, Pastor Andy, my, my calculator is working. $134 a week. I'm almost done. I'm going to let you go. I want to talk to Bishop. I'm, I'm, I'm about to let you go. Hit 
divide by seven. What do you get? No, no, no. What you get is Chick-fil-A. Talk to me. Chick-fil-A, Starbucks. Chick-fil-A don't have to be open on Sunday because they got your tithe all week. This is why when I drive past Chick-fil-A and I see them lines all the way out the door and teenagers out there working, it make me mad because that's your tithe. It's why when I pull up and I drive past Starbucks and I see lines inside and outside, I get a small attitude because that's your tithe. This is why, Bishop, when that Popeye's chicken sandwich first came out, I was upset. I was so mad till I tried one. Woo. I told y'all that story. I got in the drive-thru. I ordered the spicy one. As I pulled off, I bit it, and I drove right around and got right back in line and got me two more. That thing was anointed. That's your tithe. Your Chick-fil-A, your Starbucks. We're not even talking about your hair. It's killing, girl. We're not talking about your toes. We're not talking about your feet. We ain't talking about alcohol, because you know we ain't talking about alcohol. And we sure aren't talking about your phone. Oh, it's tight, but it's right. It's tight, but it's right. $19 a day. For $20 a day, you could be a tither. Do you know what the percentage of world overcomers that tithes. Somebody came to Bishop, oh, you mega church, y'all have 10. They told me, oh, you 15,000 people. There's 10, 15,000 people that come in and out and watch and on a regular basis, 15,000 people. I said, wow, okay, great. He said, it's, you know what it really is? It's 5,000 giving units. That's what they said. 5,000 giving units. I want everybody to take 5,000. You got your calculator out? Take 5,000. Multiply that times 7,000. What do you get? 35 million. <laughs> We're trying to build a building that costs 20. We're trying to build a building that costs 20. It really should cost 15, but COVID and concrete and steel, glass is up 40%, so it costs more. And I'm in here taking stuff out of the building so that it will be less than 20 million. But the truth of the matter is, if everybody tithed, I wouldn't even need the bank. I'm going to make everybody clap. I'm going to make everybody clap. I'm going to make everybody clap 
I'm trying to get something impossible done up in here. The things that are impossible with man have got to be possible with God. And if you're going to come in here, you're going to praise him and worship him and be blessed by him, then at least give him your Chick-fil-A money. That's the miracle I want to see, Bishop. I want to see somebody stop drinking Starbucks and stop eating them Chick-fil-A fries for a little bit. I was on the phone with the bank that's giving us the loan and talking to them and talking to them about what we're about to do and all of this. And, and, and I said to them, yeah, man, listen, I just want you to know, yeah, we, you know, we, get work, we worked on the project. It's, it's uh, you know, it's under 20. They said it was 23. And now I, don't, I did make some cuts and they said it's significant. And we're definitely trying to get this thing under 20 and under 20. And, and, and all because we want to eat Chick-fil-A. We want to drink coffee every day. Starbucks drinks five, six dollars. There was a time when that was a whole meal. I wish I had a witness in the that was a whole value meal for your half-caffeinated, staff-caffeinated, half-calf cream. You want foam, but soy. <laughs> Don't even make sense. You want soy in it, but the whipped cream is, you know the whipped cream's dairy. <laughs> well, I'm a vegan except for whipped cream. What I'm saying to you is, beloved, One thing we lack the 20% that world overcomers, 20% of the people that come and attend and watch, the 20%, that's about the national average. Do you know where the church would be if everybody tithed? We can blame the devil all we want. We can blame the agenda all we want. We can blame the LBJ. We can blame whatever. We can blame whoever we think has a political agenda. We can say whatever we want. The, at the end of the day, the enemy never wins because he's strong. The enemy wins because there's idolatry in the church. And the truth of the matter is we are serving Chick-fil-A more than God. It's not Baal. I know it seems better because it's not Baal. It's not Baal. It's AT&T. It's not some Demi it's not Athena. It's not some, no, no, no. It's Starbucks. And the thing that is impossible with man is possible with God. And I speak faith over all of us in here this morning. And for us to decide to tithe. Tithe. Let me tell you why I tithe. 
tell you why I tithe. Three reasons why I tithe. Number one, tithing to me is insurance on my money. If you have insurance, then the tithe is insurance. Because the Lord said, I'll rebuke the devourer on your behalf. So it's insurance on my money. I just tithe. Just like I pay insurance on my car, pay insurance on my house, pay insurance on my stuff. I just figured my tithe is insurance on my money. And I want to put God in a situation in which he's going to watch out for my money. So I just think of it as the tithe as insurance on my money. That's number one. Number two, the re second reason why I tithe is because I invest. Because little becomes much when you invest it. So I'm investing in the kingdom. So just like Merrill Lynch or any of these other companies come to you and tell you, hey, give me this money and I'll give it back to you at 6%, the Lord says, hey, if you give it to me, I'll give it back to you 30, 60, 100 fold what you gave. It's an investment. And the third reason why I give is because I believe in the vision. I believe in the church. I believe in where I am. I believe in the church that I go to. I believe in the man of God that I hear the word from. I believe that God has given a vision. I believe that God is speaking. I don't let my mind tell me stuff like, oh, look at that watch and look at his suit and look at them sneakers. If you look at me and you think I'm after your money, you can't tithe here. I get it. You can't tithe here if you think I'm just after your money. There was a time when I didn't talk about money like this, Bishop, because I was halfway afraid to talk about it because I was new to, too new to the area. I've been here 20 years now, and if you don't know me by now, you will never, never, never know. Ain't nobody after your money. I'm trying to get you to figure out how God will bless you coming and going. I'm trying to get you 30, 60, and 100 fold. And if you can't invest in the kingdom, you really won't be able to invest in real estate and invest in a car and invest in Airbnb. Be. You'll have to be all right with not seeing your money. You can't eat all your seed. If 10% scares you, you'll never be rich. 10% is nothing. Tithe isn't hard, especially if you have faith in the church. Now, if you are so burnt as a result of bad leaders and bad preachers and too many offerings and too much miracles and too much stuff that did not come through, if they offerings you to death for pastors, this offering in lights, offering in carpet offering and chair offering and hallway offering and tile and ceiling tile offering, if they did that to you, then why are you here? Then it's all fake. It's all a sham. And this was a waste of two hours of your time. But if you believe that God is still alive, if you believe that God is still moving, if you believe that there's some men of God that God is still talking to, if you believe that there's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun, and if you believe that the anointing of God can move in your life, and if you come here or watch here and you hear a word that challenges your life, then you know if nothing else, I got enough Holy Ghost to have the Spirit to give you a word. And if you find that, then you should tithe. Can I get everybody to clap on that? Can I get everybody to clap on that? No, I'm going to make everybody clap on it. And I dare you to tithe. The Lord said, test me. 
and see if I won't open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you won't have room enough to receive. So for the second Sunday in a row, I'm going to invite everybody not to give an offering to the building fund. I'm going to invite everybody to tithe. Do you know that if 5,000 people, 5,000 giving units tithe today, if 5,000 giving units give $135, you know how much that is? $625,000. It'll be the biggest one-time offering World Overcomers has ever seen. If everybody in the room, if everybody watching around the world just tithes, just says, okay, instead of giving $10 or $15 or $20, I'm going to put God first. I'm going to give. I just got paid. It's the fourth. My money comes on the 1st and the 15th. I just got it. I haven't even bought any Chick-fil-A or Starbucks yet. Awesome. Give God the tithe first. Maybe you won't be able to get Chick-fil-A. That's all right. The Lord said, test me and see if I won't open up the windows of heaven and pour out such a blessing on you that you won't have room enough to receive it. God will bless you. God will bless you. God will move. So I want to invite everybody to tithe today. If you need an offering envelope, you can simply raise your hand. One of the gatekeepers will come to you and give you an offering envelope, $135. That's, that's everybody's weekly tithe, $135. <laughs> You could take a picture of this QR code and, and, and throughout the month of September, we're going to be, we're, we're, we're saying, okay, come on, let's automate the important and, and let's get our giving together. There's going to be folks in the lobby that will help you to get your giving together because you can't beat God giving if you're faithful. You want to give as unto the Lord. You can automate the important. We've got these little cards where you can make giving even easier. Just like you don't think about your other bills, you can automate your tithing. You want to worry about this. You want to think about it. You'll just give and you'll, you'll make a budget for yourself and your tithe will come out right when your mortgage comes out and your bills come out. You pay your car note, that stuff comes out and your 135 will come out and you'll pay God his tenth. And God said, see if I don't bless you. The Lord said, bring the tithe. He said, yeah. Bring the tithe so that there may be meat in the house. So that the church don't have to go begging. So that the church don't have to stay. The church can move forward. If we just tithe. If we just tithe. If we just tithe right now from September to when our lease is up. It's up in a year. If we tithe from September to September. We wouldn't even need any bank. We wouldn't need. We would have everything we need if we just tithe. 
Oh, that church is so big, they don't need my tithe. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. That's what 80% of us think. 80% of us think that. 80% of us think, oh, that's World Overcomers, they're mega church, they don't need my money. It's not true. And well, it will end up happening is we end up having to get a loan and we'll have to end up paying interest and then we just get robbed. The devourer isn't rebuked and it's not even just in your life, it's in our life together. And so I'm inviting you to put your money where your faith is. Say, this is my church. This is where I go. This is where I tune in. This is where I get a word. This is, where, this is what helps me feel like going on. This, is, this makes me feel I'm not judged. I'm forgiven, and there's grace in my life, and I get a word, and there's a way that that word is broken down, and the worship service, and the move of God, and oh, my Lord, I can't, I can't. I got to get that message in my life. If it's a blessing to you, then you got to feed what feeds you. Can't muzzle the ox when it's treading out the grain. Because if the ox dies, who's going to tread out your grain? You give. Bible says, and it shall be given unto you again. Jesus said, hey, don't worry about it. Nobody who blesses the kingdom will fail to receive 100 times. 100 times what they gave. Come on, let's pray. Lord, I'm praying right now for a hundredfold blessing. I'm praying, God, for a hundredfold blessing. I'm praying, God, that not only will we come and receive blessing and healing and questions and deliverance and anointing, but, God, that we will in this moment, Lord, you know where we are. You know what we're trying to do. You know this victory park building we're trying to build. You know that we're trying to get out of leasing, God, with this company. Lord, we're trying to get out of this. And, Lord, we're on our way, and we've got this 25 acres, and we're about to break ground. And, God, this this is a time for us to sacrifice. This is a time for us to give, not just receive. It's more blessed to give than it is to receive. And God, I pray that your anointing would be revealed in this moment. That you will make something that is impossible with man possible with you. Show yourself strong. Show yourself strong. I know that you're my friend. I'm asking you, God, to bless your people and make your people wealthy so that this is easy. Make them faithful over the little so they can be ruler over the much. And we'll praise you. Take this offering and multiply it supernaturally to the upbuilding of your kingdom. For all of us who didn't tithe today, we're going to tithe right now. For all of us who tithed already, we're going to give an offering, something above and beyond our tithe. And God, we're believing for one of the biggest offerings we've ever taken. God, I trust you. Put my faith in you. Have your way in us. Kingdom of God come. Will of God be done. In Jesus' name we pray. We all said together. We all said together. God bless you as you give. If you can just sit tight for just a second, we're going to let you go. couple of announcements. Victory Park Vision Party. We're having a Victory Park Vision Party this Friday night. 
for everyone that made a pledge, everyone that gave to help us get the land. We're having a celebration of that. We've been sending it out to everybody, but I'm announcing it from the pulpit. If you didn't know, if you want to know, if you're curious about where we're going, what's about to happen next, or what are the, if you'd like to get a first glimpse at some of the drawings and that kind of stuff, it's going to happen this Friday night, right? Joe, this Friday night. So this Friday night, it'll be in the lobby. It's going to be a party. We're going to have an awesome time. It's going to be fun. Come dressed. There's going to be music. There's going to be hors d'oeuvres. There's going to be a mocktail hour. Hallelujah, because we're not going to serve you real drinks in Jesus' name. And it's semi-formal attire, which means it's just kind of casually chic, kind of dressed up. And so that's this Friday night. If you have not heard about it, you can come and be a part of it. Everyone in the room, everyone that's watching around the world and around the area this Friday night. And then sign up to serve. We still need volunteers. And as we are moving and growing and getting bigger and bigger, folks are joining the church. And so you can visit our website and figure out how to serve. And and uh, and it's online. You can scroll down and select the Take the Steps under Serve at WOCC and fill out a volunteer's opportunity form. You can let someone in the main lobby know hey I want to volunteer and uh, there's something about serving the Lord. Amen. All minds clear. That's what they used to say back in the old day. My all minds clear. Jump on your feet. Let's pray. Lord we just want to thank you for our time together. Thank you Lord for your anointing that rests on us. Thank you Lord God that the kingdom of God is not eat meat nor drink but righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Thank you God for this service and this sermon and the challenge of it. And we're surrendering our lives to your will and to your way. Bless your people. Make your face shine upon your people. Be gracious to your people. Favor on your people. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And God, as we always pray this week, let the words of our mouth this week, let the meditations of our heart be acceptable in your sight. Because God, you're our rock. You're our redeemer. We love you. In Jesus' name, we all sit together. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed. Bless you. See you next Sunday. Hopefully you were blessed and encouraged by this message. Visit www.worldovercomers.church slash podcast for more information on WOCC and events that are coming up. Maybe we are coming to your area soon. God bless.